So before I get into my message, I just want to share with you some things that happened in 2017. In the beginning of 2017, we launched our R3 program, and it was a success because of you guys. Hallelujah. All the improvements in the sanctuary, in the youth room downstairs, in the root cellar, we call it, all that's in the kids' room, was all because God used you to give. And we would not have been able to make the necessary improvements we needed in all those areas. And, and I think that, praise God, for, a, for a, a congregation that gives to the vision of our pastors, to the vision of God. You guys are amazing. You should give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our missions, we successfully gave to our missions and supported all our missions through, through the whole year, which I don't, that's an amazing thing too, because there's a lot of churches and a lot of places that aren't able to carry those dedications through the year, and we should be proud of that, that we're sending our missionaries all over the world and even in this state. So you guys, again, are awesome. We had, uh, uh, throughout the year, we do dinners for, um, for our camp, and um, we were able to partner with the parents and co-sponsor our kids going to camp. We sent over 18 kids and youth to camp. That is amazing, you guys are awesome. Now here's the greatest thing about that, was at kids camp, we, I think we had eight students, and six of them were baptized in the Holy Spirit for the very first time. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and really, uh, speaking as the children's pastor, for us, that was a turning point in our ministry. Because these kids have been leading the way. I don't know if you noticed during service, but we have prayer time and we have prayer warriors on both sides. Our children are over on this side by where they sit and, and they will, they're there to pray with you. Whenever you need prayer, uh, I wish, is Carmen here? Oh no, okay. So I, I won't go into too much detail, but if you want to know what uh, praying kids do, talk to Carmen. Talk to Carmen. He'll, he'll tell you. Not that we all can't pray and God doesn't move through all of us, but there's something special about when a child begins to pray for you. Because I can tell you right now, nothing is hindering them in their prayer. They don't have work on their mind. They don't have homework or the dog or the cat. All they know is they need to pray for this or that, and they begin to pray with all the presence of God in them, and it's powerful. It's changed my life. Our children's ministry has grown since the summer. And seeing these kids, we've been practicing in ministry. Uh, part of what you've seen today was them practicing. Once a month, we have a children's ministry team practice, which they're the children's ministry team. I have a we have a children's ministry team here that consists of adults, but without the, the kids, if we don't train them up, right, train them up in the way they should go, if we don't give them a way to minister, I've seen kids fall away. Nine out of 10 weren't involved in ministry. When they're involved and connected with God in ministry from the time they're little all the way through up, they're more likely to stay for God. And I'm proud that Mount Hope believes that. Our pastors, Pastor Norm and Pastor Barb, believe in our children. 
and you guys do because the, you, you, you give to them consistently and send them to camp where God can move in their lives. And I thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. I couldn't do, we couldn't do, my team, the team that we have here at Mount Hope, we could not do that without you guys, without your support, both financially and in prayers especially. Thank you so much and continue to pray for us. Uh, that went a little longer than I wanted it to, but I, it just was on my heart to thank you guys personally for that. We had water baptisms. Over a dozen this year get water baptized, both here and at camp. Hallelujah. That's, that's a great thing. As I mentioned earlier, our children's ministry team was developed. We have a children's ministry team. If you're on the children's ministry team, can you stand real quick? I know you guys weren't expecting that, but there they are. Uh, adults devoting their life to the belief that children are important and they're pouring into them. And I would encourage you, if you are called or have ever had that, God press that on your heart, please come and see me. It's amazing what God will do through you and our children. And I don't, Vanessa, did you stand? No, okay, well, she's part of the children's team too. <laughs> I think she forgot. <laughs> Hallelujah, thank you. Thank you especially for the Christmas program and helping with that. And Sarah Bennett's not here, but she's a very big key in our ministry. And Miss Colleen, and there's probably others that I'm forgetting. So, but uh, I love them all. Oh, Mac, Mac helps out. Uh, Chelsea, she covers me. She's part of the children's team. Ah, there's so many of you, actually. I'm starting to realize how many are. And then uh, one, one more thing that uh, I think is important to mention in 2017, we were able through this body of Christ to help other churches in our section. That's pretty cool. I have a heart for our section, for our churches. I know Pastor Norm and Pastor Barb do, and we were able to help Joy Fellowship by giving them some time and some labor and, and helping them with their roof and Torch Lake. We were able to go and help them as well. That's an important thing that we need to do as a body of Christ. We're looking forward to 2018 and what God's going to do, and uh, I can't wait to see all the things coming in 2018. Uh, the first thing that's coming in 2018 is kind of what inspired my message, and that is the week of prayer. Next, beginning tomorrow, yes, New Year's Day, beginning tomorrow, we have the privilege to begin a week of prayer to be involved. It's at 7 o'clock all week long. It goes through Saturday. And I would encourage you to be a part of it. Come at 7. Be ready to pray. Uh, usually we have somebody lead and we just pray uh, for, for as long as God has us here. And uh, please come and join us for that because prayer is important. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today and why. So I wanted to tell you as I get ready to go in my message, I'm probably missing things that I'm supposed to say, uh, but I think I got, according to my notes, I think I got it, so hallelujah. All right, so why is prayer important? Did you know that prayer is mentioned over 650 times in the Bible? And nobody really knows because of the different versions and translations, but at least 650 times prayer is mentioned in our Bible. I think that's an important, important thing. Uh, Jesus prayed. The disciples prayed. And I'm going to share a few things today uh, from the Bible about that. Let's pray. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, 
for this service, Lord, for getting ready, coming out of the old and going into the new, Lord God. I give you glory that you have new things planned for us starting today. Lord, I pray that every heart in this place is open to what you want to say. And Lord, I pray that uh, it won't be my words, Lord God, it'll be your words. And Lord, I pray that we all leave here changed today for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, uh, uh, the Lord put something on my, my spirit uh, during worship. And uh, before we go any further, I, I really believe that it's just been gnawing at me. So I want to say this, uh, and I want y'all to be praying. I believe there's a young man here today that feels beat down, rejected. He's just feeling beat up because of things that have happened in his life. I'm here to tell you, based on my experience personally, that it doesn't matter how far you try to run from God. It doesn't matter what you've tried to do or what you have done. When you turn and give your life to Christ fully, he takes it as far as the east is from the west. It doesn't matter how terrible you think it is. It don't matter how long it's been going on. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. And I, and I believe right now that you have a moment coming during this service. I don't know what God's going to do. But when you know it, grab a hold of it and don't let go. Because I would not be standing here if it wasn't for that moment. And I know a lot of people's testimony in this place. They would not be standing here. They would not be here if they didn't grab a hold of that moment. Prayer is important. And I can tell you, young man, that people have been praying for you your entire life. You don't know them. You may never even have met them. But because somehow, some way, God got your name to them. Maybe it was a picture. Maybe it was a passing conversation. Maybe it was God just put you on their heart in their prayer time. I don't know, but I know this. I know that today is your day. So as these words come out, and as, as God moves in your heart, do not be afraid. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I come against fear and pride and jealousy and whatever else is holding him back. And Lord, I pray that you have your way in his heart right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And that may apply to more than one of you, but I know right now specifically it's for a, a young man that's here today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So uh, let me go to, if you got your Bibles, we're going to start in Luke 18. It's the story of the persistent widow. I love this story. Every time I, I study and read, I, I get a new favorite, Pastor Roger. You ever do that? You get a new favorite every time. The Bible comes to life to me when I read it. Oh, I'm so thankful for that. Thank you, Lord. So if you got your Bibles, I'm going to read the, the whole parable here. In verse, chapter 18, starting in verse 1. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. They should always what? Pray. And never what? Amen. Been true in my life, and I'll share some of that in a little bit. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute for, with my enemy. 
And the judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. How many can relate? Come on. And I'm not just talking about women, or men, women driving. How many, how many women out there know men that drive them crazy? Amen? Come on. It happens. Jesus, help us. Come on, Jesus. He said, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Maybe, maybe something we should think about now. I don't believe our God works like that, right? He doesn't get, a, 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 he doesn't get a, a upset with us. He doesn't get annoyed by us. He loves it when we come to him. But sometimes it takes persistence, or what I call perseverance. We have to persevere in this life as Christians. Hallelujah. But this is what Jesus says. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give you justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? He will keep putting, he will, will he, will he keep putting them off? He's asking them a question. And then he says, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will find on earth who has faith? I'm going to tell you, it takes faith to keep praying. I didn't know it in my life. And I'm going to share some things with you because I think they're important. That maybe God tells us our testimonies are important. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my testimony. I came to the Lord in May, on May 19, 1999. I'll never forget that day. It was a, a special time at the church that I went to at Otisville Assembly of God. Didn't know I was going to go there then. God has a whole other story about that. I grew up going to that church uh, and playing basketball. I didn't go to church there. I went to St. Timothy Lutheran. I was a Lutheran. Went through catechism. I was on the Bible quiz team. I was living one life at church and another life outside of church. Because you could do that, you know, and get away with it. You know what I mean, Mike? You, you can do that and get away with it. But you know what? You can never fool God. God called me when I was seven years old to be a pastor. I remember the day I was at my pastor's house. A Lutheran pastor, by the way. And that's important, and I'll share what, why here in a second. So we was over there. We were having some kind of celebration. I was seven years old, and I remember going down in the basement. I was playing games. I won. I was so excited to come up and tell my dad. I was coming up the stairs, and I stuck my hand right through their glass window because at the end of their stairs to the door going outside, was a glass door, glass screen door, and I stuck my arm through there. Blood was everywhere. The pastor's wife happened to be standing there. She grabs a towel, puts it over my arm, takes me to the bathroom, and she began to pray. And then halfway to the bathroom, she began to speak funny. And by the time I get to the bathroom, the bleeding was gone, done. She pulled the thing off, and there was just a little faint couple of scratches on my arm. I didn't know then what had happened. I thought, 
you know, later on, I just dreamed it. I couldn't, couldn't figure it out. It was almost like one of those kind of moments. You ever been in one of those kind of moments? And she began to speak to me. And she prayed over me and she prophesied it over me. And she said I was called to be a pastor. And I didn't take that lightly then at seven years old. I was like, okay, you know, eh, I'm going to go back and play. You know, at the moment I did. But later on that day, I, and as I went through Sunday school, I began to pray about it. And by the time that month was over, I knew I was called to be a pastor. I would tell everybody that I was called to be a pastor. Well, you know, life goes on, and I grow up. And uh, I get away from God, significantly far away from God. I was living one life at church and another life outside of church. And then I went to the army, and the world got a hold of me, and I began to drink so much, I don't even know how I'm living today. I would drink a case of beer and a fifth of tequila every day except for Friday, because by Friday, I was so gone that all I could do was come home from work and pass out, which is kind of funny if you think about it. The best day to party, guess who I'm doing? I'm sleeping. <sighs> I always thought that was funny, how God's sense of humor works. So I did that for years and years. I got married, uh, was over in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, Gulf War was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life because I got dry, I got sober. Not by choice, but that was the only choice I had because you couldn't drink over there. We tried to do stuff, you know, but it didn't work. And, uh, and so, uh, help me out, I got back, I ended up getting married, I began to drink again. I didn't go way back to where I was, but I was still, I was drinking quite a bit. I was still drunk. I remember, uh, having my little girl bring me a beer. Regret that to this day. It's a terrible thing. As I begin to, as I got saved, I begin to think about how I was pulling my children into my world. Didn't even know it. Kills me to think how my daughters got one foot in the world and one out, and I have to contribute that partly towards me, and that hurts. Now, I don't take the full blame because she still has a choice to make. But I could have made it a lot easier for her to choose the right thing. Hindsight, if you're new to the faith and you got children, grab a hold of the faith. Ask God to help you. I'm standing here as a man of God telling you, as people of God, if that's you and you're just starting this walk, get it right now. It's hard enough when you got it right. Let me tell you, it's not easy being a parent. It's the hardest job in the world. I believe that with all my heart. But I know that if we honor him, he'll honor us. I, I, I spoke about controlled chaos before. Controlled chaos is don't shelter them from those things of the world because they get too curious and they want to see it. Control it. What do you mean, Pastor Tony? I mean... Allow them to see things that you don't want them to grow up in. Because if they see it, it'll, cure the, it'll kill the curiosity. And they'll know, because they're young enough to know, that that's not the way they want to go. There's something about when a child sees it when they're little that holds them for the rest of their life. I don't know why. I think it's that innocent spirit. And they know good and they know evil. Yeah, we have to teach them, but I think there's something strong in a child that... They know good and evil, and when they see it, they know it's evil, and it helps them stay away from it. And as parents, you love, you're love, you loving around them, 
And you're able to control that by telling them how awful it is, how awful sin is. It's an amazing, amazing thing that I wish I would have grabbed a hold of back in 1999. So I got saved in a, in a drama, Judgment Morning. And it was this whole series of, of uh, 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 people um, that came together to do the skit. And there was, it was like Heaven's Gates and Hell's Fire, if you've ever seen that. Right? Yeah. And, and so there was this judgment going on. And in the scene, there was a man sitting in his chair and two girls and a wife. And they came into the door that morning and they said, hey, why don't you come to church with us tonight? And the guy said, no, I'm going to stay home and watch my hunting shows, which was the exact same thing that I said to my wife when she got home from church that Sunday morning. Now tell me, God didn't have my number. And not only that, the guy that played that part, first time he ever played it, they said, just say what comes to your mind. Whatever God puts on your heart. And those words were the exact same words that I told my wife that morning before I got saved. And I got saved. And God began to turn my life around. Why do I tell you all that? Let me tell you why. Because I know now, looking back, God has given me those pictures of people that I ran into that told me about God. Had a window salesman come to my house, Clarence. Come to my house to sell me windows, specifically to sell me windows. He got in, he got about three minutes in, he put away his windows and said, look, I can't sell you any windows. One, you can't afford it, but I know that God sent me here to tell you that he loves you and that he wants you. Who does that? <laughs> Nobody does that. God had me. What I love most about my testimony and what I'm so thankful for is that God never gave up on me. God never quit trying to get me. And I can tell you right here, if you're in that part of your life, God has not tried to stop not getting you. He is there. He wants you. And it's through the prayer, the prayer of people, why I'm standing here. Because I found out, Mike, Pastor Roger, I found out that there was people since I was a little boy praying for me, praying for the call on my life, praying that I would run from sin, praying that I would be his, that I would be with them in the kingdom of God. Those people at that church during that drama, they had an intercessory team. We have an intercessory team. Can I tell you, that's probably the most, that is the most important ministry in the church. I believe that. Because again, I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for intercessors. Prayer is important. Prayer will sustain you through the hardest times in your life. And I'm going to share a few of them with you. Some of you may know, some of you may not know, but I lost a daughter in a car accident. She was 19 years old, married for 31 days. She was a youth pastor for 22 days. One moment, one second, she's walking with the Lord. Devastating. I remember getting the call. Worst call a parent can ever get. But I knew immediately where she was. I knew she was walking with Jesus. And I knew that I couldn't let my life end because of that one second of hers. I knew that I couldn't do it. And I knew that she wouldn't want me to do that. And I could hear her voice. I began to see, you know, these moments going through this time 
of uh, uh, sorrow and searching out God, but I can tell you what sustained me was praying and worshiping and fasting. It got me through that time. My divorce with my wife. Listen, some of you may be divorced and some of you, uh, uh, maybe that was, it just had to happen, right? But for me, devastating time. She left me. She didn't want to be with me. She decided she didn't love me. That was very, 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 very hard for me. It was after the death of our daughter. I don't say that, I don't say any of this uh, because uh, I don't want, I, I don't know any other way to say it. I don't, I don't say it for pity or anything like that. I say it because I know what God did through my life to get me through that. And I can tell you, my dad used to say these things. He, he, he didn't graduate from high school. He would tell you he's not the sharpest crayon in the, in the crayon box, but I can tell you he's one of the most brilliant men I've ever met in my life. He would say stuff like, hey, don't matter how big and bad you get, there's always somebody bigger and badder, right? And he would say this often. You guys think you got it bad, but let me tell you, there's always somebody that has it worse. Two months later, after my daughter's uh, funeral and, and all that, uh, a friend at the end of the road where I worked at Fajola had two children get killed in a split second in an automotive accident. I couldn't imagine going through one. How do you get through two? I can tell you the only way is through prayer and through faith. We need to be praying consistently and constantly. And there's many other things I could tell you, and maybe someday I will, uh, through, through the life of my children, hard times, we lost a house in a fire, burned up everything we had. God got us through it. Some rough patches with both my girls. I can tell you, uh, Casey's testimony is amazing, and I'll share that someday. I say all that just to say this, that if you're in a hard place, get on your knees. Listen for God. Tell your friends. The Bible tells us to bear each other's burdens. It tells us when one is sad, we should be sad with them. When one is joy, we should be joyous with them. That's part of being a Christian. It's part about being a, with his family. And I think this world is tearing us apart by trying to tell us this is okay and that's okay. This isn't okay. That's not okay. You shouldn't be transparent. You shouldn't love each other. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. We need to learn to trust people. We need to learn to trust our friends and our family that are part of this body of Christ. We're family. We need to pray together. And that's why this coming week is so important. There's things that God wants to do in 2018. There could be some of you that next week could be the week that you get delivered from whatever. It could be something as monetary as, as smoking or drinking or drugs. It could be something else that maybe is spiritual, bitterness and jealousy. It could, be, uh, uh, it could be unforgiveness. God wants to do something in our life. Next week is one of the most powerful weeks of the whole year. It's where we get to collectively come, spend time with God, and cast our requests to him. I'm going to share another story with you. If you got your Bibles open to Luke chapter 2. I'll give you some of the background and just share a little portion. 
And it tells you about prayer again. Anna, a prophet. She was also there in the temple. Before this, there was another man of God that was praying with Simeon. But here she was. She's in the temple. And she was praying. She was the daughter of Phineal from the tribe of Asher. And she was very, very, she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple. She never left the temple, but she stayed there day and night, worshiping God and fasting and praying. You know what she was fasting and praying for? The coming Messiah. And guess what happened? In this story, she gets to see the Messiah. She believed it, she prayed it, and it happened. I'm going to say this, and, and probably not many people would say this, but I'm going to say it. If you have been praying about something, and it lines up with the will of God, big key. We can pray for stuff that we want to happen because we want it to happen. But if it don't line up with the will of God, it probably won't happen. And I say probably because God loves his people. And even though sometimes we pray for something we shouldn't, he'll give it to you. So, I'm telling you though, if you pray for something and it lines up with the will of God, it's going to happen. I prayed for something. Did I say drive? I was like, what? What was that? Pastor Norm's back there messing with me. Um, so I prayed for my daughter Casey, and I won't go into the whole testimony, but it was a long time that uh, she was into drugs really bad, and I can tell you story after story, and someday I will, um, but I would, I pray, I began to pray before she went into the program uh, that we could find a program, okay, and she was a minor. Do you know how hard it is to find a program that accepts minors? It's ridiculous. Something that we need. There's only two, maybe there's more now, but at the time there was only two in the country. One was in uh, Kansas City, and the other was in uh, Brewster, Kansas, which is where my daughter went. It was a perfect place for her. I can't tell you, all I can tell you is through that prayer, God opened doors that couldn't open. One, I didn't have any money. And I don't know if you know it, but even through those programs, you need money. But guess what? We prayed with our pastor. We told him what was going on. Two hours later, somebody called me out of the blue, had no idea what was going on. My pastor didn't know him, so I know he didn't call him. Tony, God said I needed to call you and pray with you, and I have a gift that God gave me to give to you. It was a gift of $7,000, which was enough to get us to Kansas, get her enrolled in the program, pay the two months advance, and, and get back home. One prayer. Sometimes God works like that. But in this particular case with Casey, that was just the beginning. We began to pray that she would get delivered day in, day, day after, day, day, day. Most people, when they go through uh, recovering from drugs, I'm trying to remember the term, um, withdraws, what? Detox. It takes, it takes a little while, a couple weeks, you know, to really get it going. 31 days, my daughter was in deep detox. It was horrible. 
both spiritually and physically. Through our prayer and fasting, I believe God in that one moment on the 31th day delivered her. The people that were there was uh, Pastor Vicki who was heading the program, her son and daughter. They pulled Casey into a room. They had been praying for it for four days straight, taking turns, sometimes all at once. My daughter did not sleep in those four days. The devil was tearing her up. It was so bad physically, she was bleeding from her eyes. And if Doc is in here, Doc will tell you, that is an impossibility physically. When the doctor found out, a friend of ours, he said, that can't happen, that's impossible. I said, well, it was. You know why? Because it was a spiritual attack. Some of us may not believe in the spiritual, guess what? It's there. What, what I believe the battle is in the spirit, and what happens there manifests in the natural. That's what I believe. So when you're praying, you're not just praying for the physical. You're praying for the spiritual. And that's what you should be praying, is in the spirit. Amen? So God began to move. Casey was delivered. Why? Through the prayer. Through the prayer. That's why prayers and for praying and fasting, just like Anna did. So uh, in in the Bible, I, I found five places. And uh, if the worship team will get ready to come, I'm gonna close. Five places that it says prayer and petition. So we take the two stories and let's put them together a little bit. So here you have this, this widow, this persistent widow constantly going to this judge. I believe we constantly need to be going to the judge, our judge. We need to keep bringing those requests. We need to pray and believe and have faith. We need to do as Anna did. We need to fast. We need to pray. Five places in the Bible, in Ezra, Daniel, Philippians, 1 Timothy, and Hebrews, it tells us to bring our prayers and petitions. That means we should bring them constantly Amen. to him. Amen? Here's what Philippians says, and many of you probably know this, in chapter 4, beginning in verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, but instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. This peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Not only is prayer something that we need to do constantly to stay in communication with God, it will protect your heart. I think that's an awesome gift that God gives us. So I'm going to close with this. I don't know what's going on in each of your lives, but I assure you, the maker of heaven does, the maker of earth does, our creator, God our Father, Jesus Christ our Lord, the Holy Spirit, they, he knows. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, just can I urge you to make today that day? I would not be here, friends. I really don't believe I would be alive today if Jesus would not have come into my life. 
or I'd be in jail for sure. One or two. Neither one are good options in my mind. I'm so glad that I'm here. And I'm so glad that God's working in my life. And if he can do it with a drunk like me, he can do it with you. So if we would bow our heads, Lord God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your power, Lord, that you can change anything in a moment. Lord, that you offer deliverance today. Lord, that you offer salvation today. Lord, for some, Lord God, you offer forgiveness. Lord, today for some, you, you, have, you want to take bitterness away and jealousy away. Today, Lord God, you want to move on the hearts of your people. So Lord, we give you glory for that. If you're here today and you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart, would you just slip up your hand real quick? I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Maybe you're here today and you're, you've been a Christian. But maybe you haven't been living quite the way that you need to. And maybe not because of any conviction I put on, but because of God's conviction, you know that you need to be in a better place with God. Listen, I've been there in my life. I can tell you right now that I've had moments in this walk over the last 15 years plus where I had to get reconnected with God. I had to get realigned with God. It's not an easy walk being a Christian. It's not an easy walk being a man or a woman of God. But if that's you today and you need to get reconnected with God, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers and my sisters. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. And maybe you're here today and you have jealousy burning in you and bitterness and you're tired. Can I tell you that unforgiveness, bitterness, and jealousy, pride, all those things will wear you down. They will eat away with you, at you. They will pick apart your physical body. They will break you down spiritually. But friend, today you're here in a place with people that love you, in a safe place where people will pray with you. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you too. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord God, you've seen every heart and every hand. So Lord God, right now, for my brothers and my sisters that, that raise their hand for salvation, Lord God, I pray that you would move in their heart, Lord God, that as they begin to pray, Lord God, they're going to pray and ask you to come in. If that's you, just pray. Ask him to come into your heart. Take over your life. Be the Lord of your life. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Lord, brothers and sisters of mine, Lord God, rose their hand that, that Lord, they're, they're in a place that they're, they're not connected with you. Lord God, I pray right now that they would have a God encounter with you, Lord God, and you would pour out your spirit upon them. Lord, that they would give up whatever it is that's in the way. They'll just give it to you, Lord God. Yes, Lord, pour out your spirit on them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. And Lord, for those that are battling with bitterness and jealousy and pride and all those things that, that separate you for them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I come against every one of them. 
I come against that spirit of jealousy. I come against that spirit of bitterness. I come against that bitter, uh, that unforgiveness. Lord God, I come against anything, Lord, that's standing in between them and you. And Lord, would you have your way in their heart right now? Lord, if they need to forgive somebody, have them go. Have them write a letter. Have them do whatever they got to do, Lord God, that they'll give that to you. Lord, those that are suffering from pride, Lord God, I pray. And get ready if that's you. I pray humbleness over them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Lord, that they find themselves, that you are the only one that they can turn to. Lord, I've been there, and I remember when you humbled me in the Nashville airport a few years ago, and I thank you for that day, Lord, because I was set free. And Lord, I pray for that person or people that are suffering with that pride, that today they be set free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Lord God, I pray for those ones that are hurting so deep. Lord God, that all this stuff is built up. Lord, I come against that thorn right now. Lord God, I ask that you pull that thorn out and let them wounds begin to heal, Lord God. Would you pour out your balm over them, Lord God? Lord, and I pray that men and women would gather, warriors, Lord God. I pray that men and women, warriors, would gather around them and be with them. Lord, that they'll share in their sorrow and they'll share in their joy. Lord God, we give you glory that you're bringing healing right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And Lord, I haven't forgot about that young man. Lord God, I pray for that young man right now. I pray right now, Lord God, that your spirit would overwhelm him. Lord God, that in his comings and in his goings, Lord God, you'll put warriors in his path every step that he takes, Lord God, that he'll see somebody, that somebody will talk to him about your love, that will help him get through this, Lord God. I sense, Lord, that there's a lot of bitterness and anger. So, Lord God, I come against that bitterness and I come against that anger. And, Lord, your word tells us that you give us beauty for ashes. So, Lord God, I pray that all that would become ashes. And, Lord, your beauty would begin to come in him and overflow in him, Lord God, and kindness would come. In place of anger, Lord God, there'd be zeal. In place of bitterness, Lord, there'd be joy. Hallelujah. Lord, you would feel him over and over again, overflowing. And, Lord, the things that you will do for for him and from him, Lord God, would not just change his life, but would change this world. And so, Lord, I give you glory for it. Use him mightily, this man of God, that you have a plan and a purpose for him. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray as we get ready to go, Lord God, that you'll just be with us all. Lord, pour out your spirit among your people. And, Lord, let 2018 be the greatest year each of us have ever seen. And to you be the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need prayer today, personally, if you want somebody to pray with you, I'll be over there. I'll take this mic off, and uh, I'd love to pray with you. Or if you don't want me to pray with you, gather, grab somebody. I'm sure that there's somebody here that can pray for you. God bless you. Still on. Thank you, Pastor Tony.
you talked about being humble, and, and because this week is a week of prayer, and this is, I think, the third or fourth year that the Assemblies of God has used uh, this passage for the week of prayer, and that's Second Chronicles 7, 14, and it says, if my people, point at your neighbor and say, that's us. That's us. If my people who are called by my name, who's a Christian? Hello, Christ, Jesus, right? So you are the one that he's talking about here. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. There it is, Tony. If they will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. God's been restoring our land. I believe that. Amen. He's been working on us. But we're not done, are we? Amen. Our government needs our prayers. Our community needs our prayers. The church needs our prayers. Tomorrow night, it's the first night, every night this week through Saturday at 7 p.m. right here, we're going to be meeting for prayer. The Bible talks about bringing your first fruit to the Lord. And it when we first set this up, I was like, no, I don't want to do Monday because that's a holiday. We're going to be with family, right? And the Lord said, is, is that really how you feel? It's the first day of the year. Honor me in that first day. And it really hit me. It was like, all right, all right. I don't care if I'm the only one here. I'll have an audience of one. I'll have an audience of one. And I believe that as we set this first week aside, that God is truly going to move on our people. So if you're expecting a miracle, be a part of that process. Come on out. If you can't come every night, that's fine. We get that. But try to come out as many nights as you can and join us. For if two can put a thousand to flight, excuse me, if one can put a thousand to flight and two put 10,000 to flight, imagine how many, if we had 50 people show up this week to pray. Are you with me? Amen. This isn't all about us. It's about us. So come on out this week. Now, we have lunch ready on the other end of the building. And we hope that you can join us. We haven't done a potluck in a long time. So if you're here, you get a special treat today. And for those that weren't here today, well, too bad. They're missing it. And I know people have to go visit family, but uh, I believe this is going to be awesome. They've got some great meals down there, and there's no charge. It's free. Even if you didn't bring something to pass, don't worry about that. we got more than enough food down there. So I'm going to pray over the food, and, and we'll head down there and eat if you want to join us. Would you stand with me? Lord, we thank you again for the message that Pastor Tony brought today. We thank you for our children and all that you're doing in their lives. Now we ask, Lord, that you would bless the food, bless the, the servers, Lord, those that have uh, cooked yesterday, maybe even Friday through today. Those that brought things to, to pass, Lord, thank you for them. And now we ask that you would just bless each one of us as we go our own ways and uh, bless our time of fellowship. We love you, and we commit the people of Mount Hope Church into your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.